It's time for Michigan's newest sports talk show, Mitt Madness. And here he goes. Defense win championship. Michigan sports talk from here in Battle Creek. The latest stories, the biggest games, all across the Mitten State. There's not something to play with. Streaming live and on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app. Here are your hosts, Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes. And we are back with more Mid Madness. It's not like either one of these games is any less important than the other, but we will start with the one that doesn't have as much going for us as it does the other game. So we'll be talking Texas and Washington first. You have a ton of experience with Texas yep. and what it's like battling against the Longhorns. Washington making their way over to the Big Ten next year is going to be something that Michigan fans are going to get very used to seeing. This matchup, looking at the game cast, Longhorns are a four-point favorite. Okay. Over and under is set at 63 and a half. And if I was anybody here that does bet, since I don't, I would be smashing. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because this game is going to have so many points. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. That ball is going to, it's going to be flying around the field so much it should have wings. I think it will end up having wings. Maybe yeah. chicken wings. <laughs> but, but Only if the Pistons lose or win. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. the cool thing about college is there's no such thing as a tie. Nope. So this matchup predictor from FPI has the Longhorns at a 68.4% chance to win, giving the Washington Huskies just 31.6. I don't know if I agree with that. I think I think Washington is a better team than they're giving credit to. Texas, here's the thing. There's always that, you know, oh, Texas is back, you know, when they play a bunch of games. Texas is definitely back right now. Like, Texas is, is, is Texas again. It's the team that I loved as a K-State fan and a person who grew up in Big 12 country. Always looked forward to that game. Hated Texas, but I loved going to that game because I knew they were going to put up a fight and I knew it was going to be a good game. Kansas State always had some really good games against Texas. So seeing Texas back made me feel good. I'm glad they're leaving the conference because, you know, big head, whatever. Man, I I don't agree that Texas is that big a favorite. Four points? Or the FPI? FBI, predictor. the FBI. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four points, I think that is accurate. I think whoever wins is going to be close. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a one-possession game. The thing is, is like, let's see, Washington, this is the first time a Pac-12 team has been in, with the exception of USC, first time a Pac-12 team's been in the playoff, right? Washington really hasn't been there a lot, but they've had some they've had some really good bowl games the past few years. Texas really has kind of been relegated to the basement as far as bowl games have been concerned for a while now. So the fact that Texas hasn't been there really in a moment makes me a little more skeptical on them. Not to mention, you know, they've lost some games this year that they definitely should. Didn't they lost? They lost to KU. And KU is a good team. KU is a very good team. They're not great in the Big 12, but they are definitely on the up and up. And I'm I'm proud of them for doing that uh, as a K-State fan because now we have an in-state rival again <laughs> when it comes to the football season. But that's not a team. If you're going to be in the college football playoff, that is a team you can't lose to and they did and still ended up getting in because they you know won out and and got everything taken care of there they won the big 12 championship they were one of the power fours with the conference championship that got in makes sense so i think there's weakness on texas's team just because they haven't been in these high stress postseason situations for a while now washington not a whole lot more experience really and they really don't have that I would argue they don't quite have the tradition that Texas does when it comes to football either. But I I do think these teams are very evenly matched. I think Washington is going to go to the air a lot more. Um, Texas... Who's the who's the running back for Texas? Um, Oh, what's his name? Oh, bro, Brown got hurt. Right. So they're running... It's the the backup. uh, 
Give me just a second. They're Brooks. Yes. And the other one is what's his name? What's his name? You you can keep going. I'll tell yeah. you that name. So when they it pops they, they kind of they went from they went from Brown being their their guy to kind of doing a committee with these with these other two guys. And, and and Brooks has been been good for them, but they don't have that star in the backfield. Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue. Jaden Blue has been very good. But they don't have that star in the backfield that they thought they were going to have with Brown. And this is a Texas team, too, that, like, once you start digging into the bench on them a little bit, little thin, little thin. Like, they've got their stars on the field. So it's possible that both these teams are going to go air raid, but I feel more confidence in in passing the ball when it comes to Washington. But, man, I I, I really think this is a toss-up game. I really, really do. Really, like, uh-huh. do I don't think it's so much toss up. I, I think this is more like Washington has it in the bag. Like, I think that the score will be closer than what the game will really feel mm-hmm. because Washington can score. Oh yeah, and Texas can score, but Washington's defense will be able to create some pressure yes. on, on Quinn Ewers and be able to stop their run game a little bit and kind of make it tougher for Texas. While Texas won't be able to do anything with Washington's passing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they have McLennan back and they have Odunze. Like, I mean, you have arguably who sh- a guy who could have been the Heisman this year, like mm-hmm. truly arguably could have been the Heisman this year. How are they supposed to stop that when Texas is – worst part of their team is their secondary and that's that's where i think you know if somehow texas manages to you know stifle that offense on washington they need the approach of like the lions where they keep the other offense on the field when they're not used to being on the field for a long period of time you know if you can keep the washington offense on the field you know instead of these instead of these 10 15 20 yard plays you know throwing the ball keep them to four five six seven yard make them go to third down you know every single time if they can do that to washington i think texas is going to have the edge because i don't think the washington offense has that long endurance to stay on the field like a texas offense would because Texas is more used to playing some of the bigger boys with running backs in the Big 12. Not to say the Big – I mean, the Big 12 is kind of an air raid offense too, but also known for that three yards in a cloud of dust kind of stuff as well. K-State in particular is known for that. Texas uh, – uh, well, not Texas A&M in part of the SEC anymore. They're, they're in the SEC now. Uh, KU was kind of a ground game uh, for a little bit this year too. Like, the Big 12 does put up a lot of points, but – they do still rely a lot. Oh, you rely a lot on that ground game. And that's where I think Texas is going to have that endurance where their offense can stay on the field longer. Washington. I don't know. I mean, I think the, the PAC 12 has shown this year that like, there's a reason why they got the, you know, the number three seed or, or the two seed in in terms of, yeah, two seed in terms of how things played out. Mm-hmm. They were one of the best conferences in football, if not the best conference in football this year. Which it is was a battle every week. The best wild. teams looked like the best teams outside of USC. Like I loved everything the Pac twelve did on their send out. Yeah. And I it's, think it's a shame that the conference is going out like this. Because if you'd have gone out with the with the Pac twelve, you know, two or three years ago, five years ago even, fine. You know, there's a lot of teams in the Pac twelve that was just like they don't they don't really eh. But to go out like this where so many Pac-12 teams are in big bowl games and ranked at the same time, like it's 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 a shame that the Pac-12 is 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 leaving. That's going away. Yeah, but I mean, 
they just didn't get the respect that they needed ahead right. of this, which right. I, I understand. So you have to make things do with what you have and continue to get athletes and coaches and things to come to your school before your institution shuts down. So and, like, I, and I think a big part of that is who the, the people who are running that conference, not necessarily coaches of the programs or the schools, because I think they were doing fine, you know. They were recruiting the way they were supposed to. It was the relationship they had with the people in the head of that conference, and I think that's what completely undid it. Because the Big Ten, Big 12, ACC all come looking at these teams and going, hey, they can't take care of you. We are. And we can guarantee that if you win our championship, you're going to get in, i.e. ACC. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different thing, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, with that being said, what are – Keys to victories for for both teams in order to uh, to to advance on, and obviously with you being up here now, you got to have a hint of Michigan in you. Yep. Who would you rather see if the Wolverines were to make it, you know, to to the championship game? Oh boy, uh, I mean, neither one is really ideal. <laughs> neither one of them is a slam dunk. I think Texas, I think, might be the most evenly matched against Michigan because they do have similar offensive schemes and that there's a balance between the run and the pass game. I think Michigan's probably a little more run heavy than Texas would be. Um, and, and I think that's an advantage to that regard, but also, I mean, Michigan can sling the ball too. And like you said, that Texas secondary, not great. So there's the weak spot right there. As far as that's concerned, Washington, that defense is scary with Washington. It really, really is. Um, I, I, I think I'd rather see Michigan, Texas, just for the for the quality of game. We'll just say it like this, because I really don't have a dog in the fight necessarily, because neither one of them are really my team. As far as what I think would be the best game, if I'm going to go college football playoff committee man, my mentality, I think Texas is the more fun matchup against Michigan, if that's the way it ends up being. Okay. I, I, I more so along the lines of Washington, but I'm a trends guy. And, and look at things like that. Michigan has beat Washington the last like three times they've played them. Sure. Michigan has only played Texas once and they lost. Mm-hmm. So it, it, just looking purely at trends and how things go, it doesn't look like Michigan could win, but it does look like they can beat Washington. Right. I'm honestly along the lines of you, even as a Michigan fan, I'm on the fence here. I don't I, really care who we see. I think Bama's the bigger part of this. I think that game, which we'll talk about in just a moment, yeah. is the game. The winner comes from that game. The national champion comes from that game. So, that's the one I'm looking more at. Not that these two teams couldn't win a national championship, but mm-hmm. realistically, those other two teams are just that good. And and I think that these teams will give either one of them a good game, but won't be able to kind of get that oomph to to win the game and, and, and come out with an upset air quotes. Because at this <laughs> right, point, right. there's no real upset in, in this term. I think the, the only upset national title game would be if it was Washington-Alabama. I think that would be that would be the closest thing to what you would consider an upset for a national title game, only because Alabama shouldn't be there; should be Florida State, and Washington being the last remnants of the Pac-12 is just kind of like the conference is gone. It would just be wild if they ended up being like the national champion, you know. But but yeah, I, I think I I'll reserve my thoughts for what I think the national title is going to be when we come back on that. I'm glad you said that. That is yeah. a fantastic segue. We will be taking a very very short break. 
And then we'll be back to talk Michigan and Bama and the rest of the CFP before we get into the picks. We got more Mid Madness on 95.3 WBCK. And we are back. It's time to talk arguably the most important game of the Michigan football season and they will be taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide and no Jacob in the building so I'm going to get everything off that I can including Bama sucks but in in all reality this is going to be the game of all games we're Mm -hmm. all ready for this everyone's pumped a lot of people feel like Bama slid in a lot of people feel like this is Michigan's year but that also means the flip side right a ton of people are hoping Michigan does what they always do and they just flop and lose at the end of the year because they just can't close things out. But a ton of people are like, we also want Bama to prove why they should have been here and like why they got the spot over somebody else. So it's like, there's a lot of storylines going into this game, but really it it just comes down to the athletes on the field. Which ones are going to go out and play ball looking at the trends of the season. What are your first initial thoughts on this game. Michigan is going to roll tide. Like they're going to roll on the tide. Two score game, two possession game minimum. And here's here's kind of my thinking on that just from the broad scope of things. Harbaugh has been on the field for what? Half the games maybe this year for Michigan. And they still showed that they can finish games. Some of those were closer than they probably should have been, but it's because their captain wasn't there. They didn't have their admiral on the field. He was you know, he was there in spirit. But the way that team rallied around him with arguably some of the dumbest reasons for him to not be there. And this is coming from somebody who's not a Michigan fan, so to speak. It's just really dumb as to why he wasn't on the field with his team. I I mean, I've we have gone over that yeah, yeah, debacle a number of times. People know how I feel about it, how Jacob feels about it, how most of the country <laughs> feels about it. Yeah. So we're not going to talk too much about that. I did see... A graphic yesterday. All right. Can you guess the two states that would like to see Alabama win the Rose Bowl? Well, it's going to be Alabama. And Ohio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alabama and Ohio. Because, like, who else? (laughs) Everybody else wants to see Bama lose. Not because Bama's not great. Not because we hate Bama. But, dude, that's what keeps sports fresh. Yeah. Like, people want to see parody why have people stopped watching the nba because the same teams win all the time like when you change Not it up <laughs> and a different team can win yeah people like to see that that's the cool thing about lacrosse which you guys have heard me talk about from time to time when you look at all the professional lacrosse leagues there are there's parody across mm-hmm. the board the worst teams are beating the best teams the worst team in the in the indoor league last year is the number one team in the league right now yeah like yeah. that is real parody and people want to see that but right now, we haven't seen a ton of that in, in the CFP. And with Bama getting back in, people want to see them not make it. So no matter, it doesn't surprise me. No matter what we end up with a national title this year, you are going to see parity because Texas hasn't been there since, I think, the beginning of the college football playoffs. So it's nice to see them back in that position. Washington's never been there, obviously. That would yeah, be a t- not the national championship, but they made the CFP. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. twice. Okay. 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 But they, but they've never, they've never, they were, they were always four seed or something, you know, mm-hmm. to that effect, you know? So it's nice to see a couple of teams that have not been there in a while um, with, with honestly a real shot at, uh, at, at getting in there. And you're going to see a new team in the championship no matter what. 
Michigan being in there is like, yes, they've made the playoff, but they haven't been to the game yet, you know? And now you've got them going against the team that has been there probably the most, I think, um, since the college football playoff got put out. I um, I, I think Michigan is going to roll on this um, for a couple of reasons. One, they have been able to rally around that team even without Harbaugh on the field. And if they can do that without their head coach on the field, just imagine what kind of fire and inspiration he's going to bring being on the sideline with them, you know, during arguably the biggest game that they've had in Coach Harbaugh's career there in Michigan. Two, Alabama is a bit entitled with their position being there. And by that, I mean they're used to being there. So it's just second nature that they're there. It's nothing special for them. But this is a team who is not as special as previous Alabama teams. They lost some games. They didn't win their conference championship, and they're there. That's some silver spoon-fed kind of thinking. And if you go in with the mentality of we're supposed to be here already, you know, you go in almost kind of like lackadaisical, like it's just another day at the office, against a team that has... This much fire and passion and motivation behind them? That's what makes me think Michigan is just going to roll on the tide. See, and like, I kind of agree with you, but I don't, I'm not sure about roll, but it's like Michigan still has to prove stuff. Sure. Like, like, people are still saying they're not that good and that they don't deserve to be here and this, this, and that. Like, that just fuels the fire, man. saying that about Bama, but it's more along the lines of they lost to a team that's ahead of them mm-hmm. and got in over a team that didn't lose a game. People Not are, because people don't think Bama's that good. There's there's a difference, I think, in that people are saying, you know, people say bad stuff about Michigan because it's Michigan, they've been good, and if you're you're good for a while, you know, people just want to see you lose a game here and there, right? The reason people want to see Alabama lose is because they're not supposed to be there. Has nothing. To, I think this year has almost nothing to do with the fact that it's Alabama and they win all the time. I think it has everything to do with the fact that it should not be them. It should be Florida State. Well, I think it does have to do with all that before. People are upset that all of that before factored into oh, the yeah. decision. What it, it, but this isn't, but this isn't things- I hope Alabama loses because they're Alabama. This is I hope Alabama loses because they're not supposed to be there. It should be somebody else. Right, but they got in because they're Alabama. Like people are, yeah. are just basically saying, if you're going to have a committee and make these decisions, it needs to be based off of this year. Yeah. Not yeah. last year, not a couple years before that. Not And like I also think the rankings need to be more based on the current year because mm-hmm. you know what? I don't think Georgia stays the number one team all year if they hadn't been the number one team for the past two years. Mm-hmm. But people are just go, well, they haven't lost, so we can't move them. Like, yeah, you can. If they're yeah. not playing like the number one team in the country, prove it. Yeah. Tell them they're not and then see if they decide to back it up. Yep. But they didn't even do that all year, which then gave Bama the, well, we're the only ones who beat the number one team. Like, stop it. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. You know? And But – at the end of the day, that's what we live in, and I just think that Michigan does have a little bit more of that motivation mm-hmm. because te- people are literally still counting them out for something that they had no control over as players. And I, players I think zero control on that. And I think Michigan has a little more depth when you just start looking at the team and the and the player potential and the and the talent there. I really think Michigan is about as deep as you can get in all positions. Uh, every skill position has somebody who is NFL caliber, I think, at this point. Um, and their defense is just monstrous. 
You know, Alabama's one of those ground and pound kind of teams. They don't have a great slinger of a quarterback. Um, they, they don't have a Tua. They don't have, you know, the quarterbacks that they've had over the past decade when they've been so dominant. It's, they're just good. They're not great. Michigan is great this year. I do agree. I believe Michigan is great. And before we get too far into this conversation, <laughs> I want to bring up the game cast. Yep. The odds right now, Michigan's a two-point favorite over Bama. Over and under is at 44 and a half. That seems high. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm I'm on the under there. I think both yeah. these defenses are going to show up. Yep. The FPI okay. has Bama at 43.8%, Michigan at 56.2%. I think that's pretty accurate, honestly. It's I, I don't think out of, Michigan out of all has the, it in the bag, but I do feel more comfortable about them winning than Bama. I, I think looking at the statistics going into this game, as far as what we've talked about so far up to this point, that's about the closest to being right as any of these have been. But they're also factoring in the same thing that the committee was looking as far as like, you know, teams they played, points scored, you know, that kind of stuff. There's that X factor that... Michigan has been able to show against teams who weren't, and you know, it's not really Michigan's fault that they're in the Big Ten and they played a bunch of teams that weren't that great. You know? What can they do about it? Exactly. They can dominate, which is exactly what they did. And they went undefeated. They're the number one team in the country. They're the number one seed in the college football playoff. Like, yes. Um, like, the only teams to score more than 20 points on them this year were teams who had, like, top 25, top 50 offenses in the country. Yeah. Maryland and Ohio State. Yeah. Nobody else has put up over 20 points on Both those teams, by the way, playing New Year's Eve games. Yeah. Like, no slouches, you know? And then the other team that put up a decent amount of points on them, Penn State, also playing uh, tonight in in a very big game against Ole Miss at the 10. So, like, it's not like Michigan didn't do what they were supposed to do all year. No, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. And, again, they were doing it without Harbaugh on the sideline. Like if you took if you took Nick Saban off the sideline for Alabama, do you think they'd be as dominant and as they win as many games as they did this year? Do you honestly think that? I think they would have two or three losses, and we wouldn't even be talking about them right exactly. now. Exactly, exactly. You know what happened when you took away a quarterback from Florida State? They continued to win games and still didn't get in. You took know, the coach away from Michigan, they won every game on their schedule. That's that's an X factor within a team that has the determination to win as opposed to just. Being a winning franchise or team, you know, having a history of winning, you know, there's there's an element of just I don't know. I don't want to call it nepotism, but that's <laughs> kind of the feeling that you get with Alabama getting in. You know, we don't know what Florida State would have looked like in the college football playoff. We're going to see them play Georgia and we get to see how they face up against, you know, one of the teams that was number one this year. That'll be a. I think that'll be a good indicator as to how badly the committee messed up this year. If Florida State gets trounced, I mean, yeah, they probably got that aspect of it right. But really, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with they deserve to be there. They won their conference championship. Alabama didn't. Blah blah blah. But yeah, I, there's there's such an X factor that isn't there in the statistics, and they also don't look at the fact that certain people were missing at certain times that make me believe that Michigan is going to make Alabama regret that they got that four slot.
And I mean, I really hope that's what happens. But with that, we'll take another very, very short break. We'll be back to finish up this Michigan-Bama conversation and then get into picks. We have more Mid Madness for you on 95.3 WBC Cast. Detroit sports fans, Wolverines, and Spartans alike, this is your sports show, Mitten Madness, with Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes on 95.3 WBCK. We are still talking Michigan and Bama getting into the CFP. We've already said that we would probably most likely like to see Texas just because of how the teams match up. But Washington wouldn't be terrible. But this is the big game, Michigan and Bama. We've talked about the offenses, but we haven't talked too much about the defenses. We've talked about everything that's going on outside of these teams. But I think this one really does come down to the defenses. Bama's defense has been questionable this year yeah, in terms of what we're used to seeing from them right i mean let's think about it them giving up three to south florida normal yeah but they only scored 17 Mm-hmm. That's that's tough. Them giving up seven to Middle Tennessee, normal. They should beat them 56-7. to seven. But then they lost 34-24 to Texas. They let up 10 to Ole Miss, yep. which is fine. You, you win by 14, that's okay. Yep. Let up 17 to an unranked Mississippi State. Let up 20 and only win by six to an unranked Texas A&M. This is Alabama's defense, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let up 21 and lost or beat an unranked Arkansas by three. Yeah. Gave up 20, won by 14 against a ranked TS, or Tennessee. Won by 14, gave up 28 against a ranked LSU. Kentucky put up 21. Yeah. Chattanooga put up 10. Yeah. Auburn put up 24. Georgia put up 24. Like, teams are scoring on Bama this year. Granted, a lot of these teams aren't outscoring Bama, but Michigan can score with the best of them. And one thing they don't do is give up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So if Bama's going to try and play the will outscore you game, they might run into some trouble here. What does Bama's defense have to do to stimulate this Michigan offense? Well, they, I mean, they have to stand up and they have to stop them. I mean, that, you know, plain and simple. Cause like you mentioned, you know, in the past, Alabama thrives on keeping offenses down because the longer you keep a team from scoring, and I can, I can say this like from somebody who played high school football, really, the longer an offense goes without scoring, the more defeated they start to feel. The defense can play great the whole game, you know? You can have interceptions, you can have incredible stops, you can keep, your your defense can be playing the best game of their life. If your offense is struggling to score, the longer that game goes on, the more difficult it becomes for an offense to score. And that's where Alabama, I think, has always been a threat in the past. Look at the national championship against LSU, where the final score was like 9-3 to or 6-3 to or something like that. Those are two offenses that normally would have been putting up points. But because Alabama was confident in their defense, they didn't have to worry about it. They were like, one way or another, we're going to get points on the board. Whether it's a field goal or not, we trust our defense to make sure that that other offense not putting a single one up. They can't do that right now. That's a huge factor for Alabama. So they have to rely on their offense more. And I I really don't think they have that spark on the offense like they did in the past. They don't have that confidence. Definitely don't have that confidence in the defense this year. Flip side of that, Michigan, confidence everywhere 
all across the board. Every single position, both sides of the ball. That de- the, the Michigan defense is going to match up well against the Alabama offense, I think. The Alabama defense is not going to match up very well against the Michigan offense. Because it feels, the, the, the Alabama defense has felt very one-dimensional this year. They go up against teams who really have a lot of ground and pound, a lot of running game uh, offenses in the SEC. That's not Michigan's game. Michigan's all over the place. They're well-balanced, and they can adjust, too. Games where they need to throw it through the air, they will. Games where they need to run the ball, they will. I don't think Alabama has the ability to adjust against that. Okay, I think their defense will be able to step up in certain scenarios and will be able to do some things. I'm going to talk more about Michigan's defense. I've spent too much time watching them <laughs> because I do watch every game and I don't get distracted. So. Well, you were worried because, like, Aiden Hutchinson left last year. There were a number of key players on that defense that left last year. Yeah, but, I mean, when you really look at it and how they've stepped up, Mason Graham and Chris Jenkins in the middle, yeah, unreal. Yep. But then when you look at the outside and you have Braden McGregor and, and Junior Colson or uh, Jalen Harrell and Braden McGregor, also coming in from the edges, that's that's unreal pass rush right there. Yeah, but those guys are also very good at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. And a lot then, of two way players on the Michigan defense. Yep, and then you look at you know your your linebackers, Junior Colson, Michael Barrett, and then you get right into your uh, your de- your defensive backs. Josh Wallace, who hasn't played a ton, yeah, but has but has been phenomenal when he is out there. You got Makari Page, Rod Moore, Will Johnson, shut down. Might be the best corner in the uh, the country right now. Yeah, and then maybe the best defensive player in all of the country, not because of his skill, but because of his energy, the way he plays, how he leads. Mikey Saver still. The, Throwing the balls might be impossible for me. <laughs> right. When Which is good because they're not that great at when it. When you add in the pass <laughs> rush and then you add in the, you know, the, the secondary that Michigan has might be one of the best secondaries in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, a third of those names you brought up, I expect to be playing in the NFL in the next three years. I say Michigan is slowly becoming DBU. Like they're putting yep. out defensive backs like crazy that are mm-hmm. doing well in the NFL as well. So throwing the ball might not be the thing, but then we go right to that dangerous running attack mm-hmm. that if, if that Bama has. They can run the ball. They Whether can. they're handing it off, they're doing the this, the read option, the speed option, Jalen Milrow can tuck it. If they can keep – got to keep a spy. Junior Colson has to be a spy all game. Mm-hmm. You have to spy Jalen Milrow all game. And if Michigan's able to spy him and keep the running at a minimum, not only from him but from their running backs as well – they can slowly boa constrict them just like they've done everyone else this year. I will say that the the Alabama offensive line definitely has a size advantage over the defensive line for uh, Michigan. I will say Alabama definitely outweighs them. <laughs> so having that extra help with a spy and with somebody, maybe maybe a fifth person up there to, to do some, some damage up there is, is going to be beneficial because Alabama is going to win that battle in the trenches on offense, I think pretty consistently they're gonna have to rely on that three three yards in a cloud of dust you know second third down uh run offense type of situation um if michigan can get those key plays though they can get those key stops because alabama will go out there and they'll beat you three and four yards at a time they'll stay on the field for an entire quarter one offensive possession that's nothing to them if michigan could get a handful of stops in there which i think they're absolutely capable of doing because alabama does have they they can't just run the ball the whole time they gotta you know throw some outs they gotta throw something eventually i think michigan gets some key stops which they're absolutely capable of doing alabama's 
done. There's 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 nothing that they can overcome. And I mean, I didn't even bring up names like Derek Moore, Kenneth <laughs> Grant. Yeah. You know, uh, Jaden McBurrows, Quentin Johnson, who all made big plays in not only the Penn State game, but also in the Michigan State and the Ohio State games as well. Three biggest games of the Michigan season. Yep. These, these kind of things matter. This team is ready. This defense is ready. I think it, it really comes down to what the defenses can do, but also the guy, JJ McCarthy. What are you expecting from the Michigan quarterback? Yeah. You know, I, like he, he's got to be able to thread the needle and throw mm-hmm. the ball. Get when Roman Wilson's open, get it to him. That's your hot guy. We know yeah. that. But when Cornelius Johnson breaks open down the sideline, you got to be able to drop a dime have to hit him in stride. Yep. That, those are the kind of plays that will kill Bama. If you, if Alabama is going to lose those 50 50 battles down the field, but like you said, the ball's got to be there for that to happen. And that might be the weakest point of the Michigan offense, but barely. You know, it's like you, you see sparks where it's like perfect. It's like, oh my God, look at him drop that dime. It literally, I could, you know, could have even not looked at the ball and it would have dropped right on his chest. And then there's some that he just over evaluates. I mean, the further down the field, obviously, the more difficult those throws are going to be. He's got the arm strength, I think, to hit some of those guys if they just beat their defender down the field. It's a matter of how strong and accurate does he get down there. And I think, you know, as with all quarterbacks, the further down the field, the less accurate you get. Mm, I I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be fine there. Um, He's got enough tools to work with, too. I, I really don't see it as a big factor. And honestly, you I don't think Michigan's going to have to go that far down the field to break away from those safeties in the secondary. Like, I really think they're going to be getting those long plays much quicker. Like, he's not going to have to hold the ball that long, I think. And then it's just take off from there. We've heard all of the keys and all of the things that will help the Michigan Wolverines beat those awful <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. You guys... Stay on the lookout. It's going to be a big game. But with that being said, we're getting into the best part of the show. We got picks coming to you after the break. And we'll talk about the new year and and all the good things we want to see as well. We've got more Mid Madness for you on 95.3 WBCK. Make 95.3 WBCK. For the best part of the show, it is our picks segment. And as you guys know, I've been absolutely rolling on Jacob all season. He's caught up recently. It's because he keeps picking the SEC, huh? But I keep holding on. Currently, after last week, we are sitting at three and two currently. As you guys know, we do six games a week. But we're recording this earlier in the day on Friday like we always do. And Ohio State and Missouri have not played yet. So we'll have the uh, the result of that game added to our records for next week. We were both three and two so far in last week, putting Jacob at a 60 or 70 and 37, hmm. and I'm sitting comfortably at 73 and 34 oh. with a three game lead. We got another six games on the board, all football this week, and we're talking more bowl games, more NFL. Bowl games are more important. There's more of them on the line. <laughs> right. So we'll jump into the NFL first. Only two really good games for us going to the NFL this week. How I'll do this is I'll put the game out there. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'll throw Jacob's pick out, throw my pick out, and add 
ask you about yours. So the first one on the list is the one that you guys are going to hear on this station later today. 8.15 is kickoff. Your Detroit Lions are going down to the Dallas Cowboys. To That's right. They're going, they're going down to the Cowboys. That's right. They're going to Jerry World. And I mean, this game, it, it, we've talked about it earlier in the show, so there's yep. not a, a ton to say here. Are we going to get MVP Dak? Are we going to get CD Lamb always being open? Will the Lions defense show up at all? Because we know the offense will. How many turnovers will the Cowboys <laughs> to, you know, cause? Those are the kind of things that we're looking at. Do you have any final words before we get picks? I have two factors that are going to play into this game as to whether the Cowboys win or not. One of them is that home environment. Uh, when the Cowboys are good, the home environment is exceptional in Jerry World. I've been there for a couple of wins for them. It is phenomenal. I think that's going to be a huge factor. The other one is how much Jerry Jones determines what happens in the offense because I know for a fact that he'll call down and say, hey, get the ball out there to my to my guy. He will start making those pl- those play calls instead of McCarthy. Um, I still think the cow- I think the home advantage is going to take that, and I think the Cowboys are going to win. So you've got the Cowboys, yep. and well, guess what? Me and Jacob are going to join you in oh. that thinking. We also believe the Cowboys will win. I don't have any backup to talk yeah. about why Jacob believes any of this. He didn't give me a full rundown, but yeah. my thing is, I don't think the Lions defense can do it. I think uh, Tony Pollard has been just good enough this year, yeah. so they'll have a balanced attack, and if either one of those gets pushing, the other one will be able to ride those coattails, and I just don't think the Lions have well, it defensively, and something we but didn't I think even, it will still be a good game. Something we didn't even talk about really was the Dallas defense with like Micah Parsons on there. Like That's one of the best defenses in the NFL, and 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 defensive player of the year candidate as well with Micah Parsons. Like That's that's going to be a huge factor as well. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a fantastic game, so yeah. if you're not watching it, or you happen to be traveling or whatever, it will be listed. You will be able to listen to it right here on BCK. Kickoff at 8.15. Pre-game show starts at 7. And I will say, if the Lions do manage to win this game, that I will not be mad about that. Like, as a Cowboys fan, I will not be upset to losing to this team, because they're good. They're a very good team. Well, we're glad to hear that. We're moving into <laughs> the only other NFL game we have for the weekend. The Miami Dolphins will be taking on the Baltimore Ravens. This is pretty much for the AFC number one seat. Yeah. The Ravens win. They're probably going to be the one seat. They lose. Things might get shaky over there. Yeah. How do you see this playing down? I mean, there's still that looming AFC curse against, you know, <laughs> against the Ravens. <sighs> I, it's really tough to pick against the Ravens right now. Miami's a lot of fun to watch. Is that game in Miami? Where is that game? They're in Baltimore. So the game is in Baltimore. That takes Miami away from their element down there. Cause I mean, the Cowboys just went down there and lost to Miami in Miami. So that was, that was rough. Miami on the road in Baltimore. I think that's going to be the Ravens. Um, they just, there's, there's no weakness in them at the moment. They are so laser focused on nothing but winning. I mean, look at that game against the Niners. Dear God, you know, that is about as focused and dominant as you can get against a team that at one point was the certified favorite to not only go to the Super Bowl, but win it this year. And they made them look like they were a high school JV team. I got to pick the Ravens. I got to pick the Ravens by, uh, we'll say 10. We're going into this once again with the same thoughts. Me and Jacob are both taking the Ravens. I do know Jacob is taking the Ravens because he needs the Dolphins to lose for his <laughs> for his divisional winner's futures bet, which has yeah. the Bills winning the division with the Dolphins, not the Dolphins. Yeah. So he obviously is picking the Ravens for obvious reasons, but I think the Ravens have just been too good. Yeah. And, and they're playing this game at home, which is always a factor. And I just don't think the run game uh, defensively has been as good for, for Miami. Mm-hmm. And that's what the well, you know, Ty- Baltimore's runoff yep. of. Tyreek Hill's been kind of banged up, you know, and he's mm-hmm. he's healthy. I think he's going to be playing, but how healthy, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah.
So that that factors in. And that takes us right on over to college football. We won't step into the CFP just yet. We'll hang around the outside and we'll start with some of the games that are on today. Ole Miss will be taking on the Nittany Lions from Penn State. Ole Miss has looked good. They're the 11th team in the country at the moment, right behind Penn State, who's 10. They've lost to a couple SEC teams, but they were very good this year. I actually will pull this up and bring up the, uh, the game cast. Which now, will tell us a ton about this game. Now, Penn State lost to Michigan and Ohio State this year, right? Yes, those are the only two losses they have. Ole Miss also only has two losses. <laughs> one of them, Georgia and Alabama? One of them, yeah, it actually is Georgia and Alabama, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> basically the number three team in each each conference, you know, going up against each other. Um, as far as dominance there, I think Ole Miss has got it. Because the SEC, I, I, if you look at a full conference, like how strong a full conference is the teams that Ole Miss played much tougher than the teams that Penn State played, with the exception of maybe Ohio State and Michigan. And Ohio State really kind of got embarrassed in both those games too. Like they were they were part of like you know Fox Big Noon. Uh, they were on uh, ESPN Game Day. Like those were supposed to be big games, and they got embarrassed both times. Ole Miss lost games to two of the toughest teams in the country in one of the toughest conferences in the country, arguably, and they still played really really well. Ole Miss has got the size. They've got the uh, pedigree. In that regard, I'd like to see Penn State win this game. I really, really would, but I think Ole Miss is going to take it. And once again, I don't do this very often, but we are all along the lines. I'm picking Ole Miss as well. I was on the fence about this one for a while, but then I started thinking about it, and Penn State has not been impressive offensively. Mm -hmm. And Ole Miss isn't good off, but when you go 10-2 and in the SEC, you're bound to win another game. And the crazy thing is Penn State does this all the time. It gives their bowl game and flops, so I'm expecting them to do it again. And you you hit on it, too, is like their their defense is not been phenomenal. Like, if they go up against a team that has a really good offense, they're done. Because there's not a lot of great, they're across the board in the Big Ten, not a lot of great offenses. They didn't play Maryland this year, I don't think, did they? They did play Maryland? How, how close was that game? Uh, they blew Maryland out. Okay, so, you know, one exception. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just feel, Penn State just feels in, in this one, you know? I, there's potential, I guess. I don't know. What, what are the, what are the statistics say? Like, what are, what are they saying? Uh, 72.8% FPI in favor of Penn State. Really? 27.2%. Uh, that kind of makes me want to change my mind. The line's three and a half. <sighs> exactly. That's why I left. I'm leaving my pick where it is. I like Ole Miss, honestly. You know what? Just for the sake of parody, let's gonna, go with the Nittany Lions. Let's go, go. Let's Penn? go for That's Penn fine. State. Yeah. You, you know what? If they, if they can get it rolling, if they can get it going, I think they can win that game. As a guest, you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Your, your picks mean nothing. <laughs> not, li- not literally. Not literally. But <laughs> let's get into this next name. Next game. Georgia and Ferris. Ferris. Florida State. Because <laughs> Ferris probably do better. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Georgia and, Fer- and Florida State going uh, going off into, what is that? The orange? Peach Bowl, I think. Peach Bowl. Yes, yep. the Peach Bowl. How do you see this one playing out? God. It de- how many players? Players are not playing for each team that are declaring for the NFL draft. You know what I mean? Like, I know Florida State has a handful that aren't going. Georgia has a handful that aren't going. Not a lot, but I mean, you know, enough that could make a difference. Um, I mean, I, the motivation is there for both teams. Georgia's pissed because they lost the conference championship and didn't get in when they've been number one for most of the year. And up until a point, they looked like the most dominant team because they, 
were just rolling on everybody. And then they started showing some chinks in the armor throughout the year. Florida State, that team just figured out how to win. No matter what, they lost their quarterback. They lost key players on their defense. They lost players everywhere. They were injured, they were thin, and they still figured out ways to win those games, man. And that's why I think, had they gotten their chance in the college football playoff, they would have played a close game. I don't think they would have won, but I think they would have played a close game regardless. Up against Georgia, they're both pissed. <laughs> they're both so mad that they're in this game and not the college football playoff. I think Georgia is going to muscle their way to a win here. I think they're just going to grind Florida State down to a pulp. But I, God, I would love to see Florida State just go in there and be like, hey, college football committee, watch this. You know, like I want to see them. I want to see them roll on Georgia like the Harlem Globetrotters, you know, just hilariously over Georgia. It probably won't happen, but dear God, a person can wish. Yeah, they, they just don't have much to play for. And, and a lot of these guys aren't playing, I think, on both sides. But I think Georgia still got the advantage. And so does Jacob, which gets us over to the CFP. Right. Texas and Washington is what we're starting with. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Where are you going? <sighs> I think Texas is back. As much as I talked about Washington being able to air the ball out and beating Texas in that regard, I really want to believe in Texas. I think Texas is back, and I think Texas is going to get the edge over Washington there. They just feel beefier, literally, because they're a cow. Uh, <laughs> but there's there's something about playoff Texas. There's something about bowl season Texas. There's something about that team that as somebody who has watched them in the Big 12, you know, for most of my life, when that team is good, they're good. I mean, Vince Young, that era of Texas football was just amazing to watch. And I see glimmers of that in Texas right now. I think they're going to be too much for Washington. Texas, wow. Well, for the first time, me and Jacob are on the opposite side of oh, okay. you. We will be taking Washington. Okay. I just I personally think Michigan has a better chance and and I like Washington's air, air raid. I really think they're going to get at Texas and they're going to come out on top, which moves us over to the most important game of the week. My, your, our, everybody's Michigan Wolverines will be taking on the dreaded Alabama Crimson Tide. Ooh. How do you see that one playing out? How I want to see it play out is Michigan rolling on the tide. How it's probably going to end up, Alabama's going to win that game. I, I really don't want them to. So you're taking Bama. I'm going to pick Bama. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be as much as I, as, as much as I talked about Michigan being better than Alabama. Nick Saban has got some dark sorcerer magic over him that continues to put him in this position. And I would imagine he would threaten his players within an inch of their life if they didn't win this game <laughs> and justify the fact that they're in there because I I, this really, to me, is Saban's career game. If he can win this one, it proves he's one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. And he still is. If he loses this game, that's the losing edge. That's the first sign of a losing edge for him as a head coach in Alabama. Both these teams are fighting for their coaches at this point. But I, there's just something scary about Alabama and the college football playoff, man. Well, obviously, Jacob's on your side. Man. I am taking my Michigan Wolverines no matter what. I don't have much to say about it because I don't want to jinx them or anything <laughs> like that. So with that, I'll give you our rundown of picks. We are both taking Ole, or sorry, you're taking Penn State. Me and Jake are take taking State. Ole Miss. We're all taking Georgia, all taking Cowboys, all taking Ravens, all taking Texas. You two are taking Bama. I feel and so I dirty for that. Michigan. I feel so dirty for picking Alabama. I don't want to. I, trust me, I don't want to. <laughs> but you did it. So with but that I being did. said, it has been another amazing Mid Madness, a two-hour show. Thank you to Meatball for hopping into the studio. Yeah, man, it's been fun. Jacob takes some vacation 
vacation down with the family in Alabama. Later on tonight, you're getting that Lions game as they take on the Cowboys. And then, you know, we'll be back with all the good stuff in the new year. Thanks for supporting us as we finish out the year this year. We'll be back with more Mid Madness in the new year and more amazing things. But with that being said, enjoy your new year. Enjoy all the good football. Go Blue. And as always, we love you all. More Mid Madness coming your way next week on 95.3 WBCK. Join Jacob Harrison and Dejon Hughes every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for Mid Madness on 95.3 WBCK. Miss the show or want to play it back? Stream Mitten Madness live or on demand on the 95.3 WBCK app.